Hodgerwicht. Welcome to Hodgerwicht, the podcast where we date everything but Hodgerwicht. My name is Moscow, aka We Scottish Lass, and today I'm joined with Sean. Hello. Of Sean Vlogs and Erin. Hi. AKA Beauty Creep. In this week's episode, we will be talking about maladaptive daydreaming and lucid dreaming. But first of all, I wanted to ask, have either of you two ever heard of maladaptive daydreaming? Never. Only from you, but no, no. (laughs) So let me give a little bit of context on it then. According to the Healthline website, maladaptive daydreaming is when someone spends long periods engaging in structured daydreams or fantasies. It can affect their ability to focus on studies or be productive at work. Maladaptive daydreaming shares features with behavioural addictions, such as the addiction to internet, gaming or even alcohol. Now that you describe it, I probably do have had that at some point in in life. So there's differences, obviously, between maladaptive daydreaming and regular daydreaming. Regular Mm -hmm. daydreaming is usually shorter, like the daydreams last are much shorter. There's uh, maybe like small breaks and then the mind wanders and that's kind of it and then you come back. Mm -hmm. Maladaptive daydreaming is the immersion into an alternate reality inside someone's head. So while regular daydreaming is kind of pleasant, uh, but real life is kind of preferred. It can some and it can help the person lay out plans or goals. Like you might daydream a little bit about, like if you've got an upcoming interview, you might like sort of think about, oh, how might that go? You know, something like that. Uh-huh. Ma- maladaptive daydreaming can become addictive and very disruptive to somebody's life, and sometimes it can be a person's only or main source of happiness. Well, wow, okay. that's quite deep. Mm-hmm. Very, very. Jeez. So. It can also be used as a way for people to escape very horrible living situations Mm -hmm. as well. So as you can imagine, people Mm -hmm. create these own universes entirely inside their head. And the reason why I started learning about maladaptive daydreaming and it came up with me is throughout COVID and lockdown. Mm -hmm. That's when I started to realise that a lot of people who were living by themselves started to rely on this more. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start off the questions then. Sean, I'll come to you first. Have you have you ever daydreamed? Like, normal daydreaming? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't really, like... I'm trying to think if I've got any examples recently, but probably not. But, like, the way you're talking about um, maladaptive daydream, I'm not even sure I'm saying that right. It's probably mm-hmm. something I've done at times over the years. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely had daydreams all through my life. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of not something you think of as you're doing it. Yeah. Until maybe someone kind of points out that you're not here if that makes it kind sense. of makes sense like i mean yeah. what you're saying as well but um obviously during the pandemic when the times were hard for a lot of people but you can totally imagine that people in different situations um here at home or you know around the world you know times of war and stuff they would they'd rather be anywhere else than where they are and you can imagine people um using that as a form of escapism mm-hmm. yeah and like as a coping mechanism for sure yeah 100 percent Oh, it's just, it's just interesting because it's something I've not really properly thought about. It's just something that you don't normally think about. Um, yeah. This is, I'm so excited to get right into this. I think, <laughs> so if I remember, there's definitely been times in my life when I've been younger, especially. Probably not haven't done this for a while, but, like, if I ever had any kind of major, like, lifestyle type of things that I wanted in my life, um, this is quite deep. I don't think I've really talked about this before to anyone. Um, it's like a psychology mm-hmm. session. Like, <laughs> trying to think, for example, so, so when I was young, and I totally don't have the same dreams anymore, but when I was young, I used to dream that I was going to be a footballer. Oh. And so Aww. I probably... That's cute. And I can recall the time when, when I was younger, like, probably a teenager, like, daydreaming that I was actually a footballer. And, like, I was I was, I was was doing the things that I wanted to do. Like, um, I was being signed up, and I was living the footballer lifestyle. Oh, cute. You know what I mean? So yeah, let me 100%. pursue some of those with you then, Sean. So, like, would you would you say that you did this throughout the day? Was there particular times of the day that you would do it? Was it at night as you were going to sleep? Like, um, I would say it was pretty, probably pretty persistent. Thinking about it, to be honest, when at certain stages in my life, like this is the talking a long time ago, but there was mm-hmm. definitely times when I thought, well, well, I was like basically dreaming that I was living that lifestyle. And did you find that it helped you cope with like school or? 
Yeah, definitely. I would have said that. that's probably why why I was doing it. To be honest, I was like daydreaming. I was living a different lifestyle, and I, and I definitely would have uh, struggled to focus because of that. And I think people don't realise how common this is until you start talking about it, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. even like it can be something as simple as you know when you go driving. Have you ever driven your car before and then not realised that you've arrived somewhere because you were so lost in your own thoughts? Yeah. All the time. All the time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and that could be seen as a, a, a way of maladaptive daydreaming in the sense that you were, like, whatever it was you were thinking about, that's technically disruptive to your life because you weren't really, I wouldn't say yeah. you weren't paying attention to the road, but you maybe weren't as aware and in the moment as you should have been whilst driving. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I know it's funny, like, if you do you do certain things, like, you go into certain gears and stuff and you just don't even think about it. I remember when I was doing my driving lessons and people were like, oh, you just, you don't even think about it eventually. And I'd be like, I write but you yeah. don't. You, don't. you totally don't. And then there's been times when I've driven my friend home and he moved house and I kept like, oh, I went on autopilot and would just drive him <laughs> to his old house <laughs> mm-hmm. without thinking. I just wasn't here. I happen. It's so weird. Like, you get you get kind of zoned out, right? Ah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. you just do it without even realising. Yeah. But no, this totally makes sense to me. Like, there's definitely been times in my life, like not even that. So that was when I was younger. But when I've been older, like I've always been quite ambitious. And there's been times when like things haven't been going the way I thought they would and I would dream quite often that i was living the lifestyle that i wanted to live and like i was a mm-hmm. successful person um, and so it, it was still v- very much me it was maybe a better yeah. looking f- it was maybe a better looking me but it was me <laughs> um, but i had the success that i was looking for so i would dream that quite often daydream and it wasn't just at night i mean it probably mostly at night to be honest but um certainly during the day so yeah i mean this makes sense to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if that's you know if what if what i'm talking about if that is kind of Yep. what your understanding is of what this thing is then yeah yeah that is maladaptive daydreaming 100 percent. it's really interesting actually sean because the one that you the ones that you've sort of been talking about are what the major examples of maladaptive daydreaming are in the sense mm. that you've got like this uh, alternate reality i guess like this alternate universe where you are this other thing and it's you revisit it over and over again a daydream yeah. The difference between a daydream and a maladaptive daydream is a daydream is maybe like, oh, you listen to one song in the car and you imagine yourself on stage singing that song. Like, that's mm. just a regular daydream. <laughs> you know, it's it's maybe a flying by, but you don't think about it again. It doesn't come up again. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. dwell on it. Whereas a maladaptive daydreaming is, okay, actually you are in your head a, a singer-songwriter and yeah. every song that comes on that you're listening to, you're singing every single one of those yeah. songs, multiple. You know that is the difference. That's the big difference between the two of them. Maladaptive daydreaming tends to be longer, and it tends mm-hmm. to be ongoing, and you tend to dip in and out of the alternate universes that you've created yeah. inside your head. It's really weird, actually, because like those type of dreams that I'm talking about, like everything about me was still me. Yeah. It's just that I, I was like a better version of myself. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. More successful, more successful, looking. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? It's definitely been times when um, things haven't been going right in my life. Like, no, I think I've been quite content for a while. I would say in my life, mm-hmm. like it's been a long time that I've been quite t- content. I would say, and and so th- it's been a long time since that's ever come into my head. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So what about your daydreams? No, I just find that so interesting because Sean's daydreams tend to be sort of focused around the like, goals and like mm-hmm. a different version. I don't know. Oh, this is just mind blowing. Basically, I've just learned that I'm a huge maladaptive daydreamer. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you a lot of people listen have. Yeah, a lot of people oh listen like, I God. do that. Like, you have no idea. I'm in my head probably like, I want to say 70% of the time. <laughs> So I bye. often have to, yeah, I just, I often Google, like, I don't know, a lot of times, again, I get mixed up with this, and I guess, like, dissociation, um, mm-hmm. but also, I'm just so in my head a lot of times, and when I was a child, oh my god, I was always told off for just zoning out, completely zoning mm-hmm. out, and um, I would be in a completely different world, I had countless invisible friends and invisible mm-hmm. pets and i'd write them all down and they would be real no they would be is like this all your dogs real. all your yes. dogs oh peeps. god have i yeah. talked about that oh, jesus <laughs> i think that was on um, one of our first episodes you mentioned oh that. my god <laughs> well that was like a massive thing and because of my imagination i used to write stories all the time 
and I used to read them out in front of the class and stuff. And that oh, was wow. like a huge thing I used to do. I used to have to get it out because it just I just be in my head. All, I was an only child, and I used to have to just amuse myself mm-hmm. as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I used mm-hmm. to be like in my bedroom, just like daydreaming and writing stories and stuff. And a big thing I used to do as a kid that I still do is I would lie down, listen to music, and just get totally zoned out into a different world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sounds, you know, to I, me that sounds like a really healthy thing. Like. That's that sounds to me like a really creative person mm-hmm. I still that has got a lot like, to, you know, yeah. think about. And if you think about all the great thinkers of the world who have achieved loads of amazing things, they were pretty much all the same, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maladaptive mm-hmm. daydreaming can be beneficial and it can also be disruptive. Like, like obviously, a lot of the studies talk about the more negative side of it when it starts to really disrupt your life. Um, and we'll talk, there's someday my family who, I won't name them, but there's someday my family who like can't even stay in the room with family they have Mm. to disappear and like it like they have to disappear for a couple of hours to go inside their alternate reality inside their head and they have to like pace backwards and forwards like to some people it becomes an absolute addiction but do you know what it's the same maladaptive daydreaming is the same way as like playing video games like there's there's the people that can play sit down play video games for a couple hours after they've done all their chores for the day and then they go to bed and they get up and they live a normal life you know yeah and then you've got the people who cannot leave the video games alone they are on them until 4 a.m they're calling in sick to work you know like it's different for every person Uh uh-huh and you're right, maladaptive daydreaming or regular daydreaming can be a very healthy and natural thing. It's about learning to balance it in your life so that it's not disrupting your life. That makes sense. Yeah. I used to what? work in this woman's house. Sorry, Sean. No, no, go um, for it. No, I, I used to work in this woman's house and a lot of times she would be sleeping and I'd sometimes uh-huh. be there for like eight hours. And hmm. once I'd like done housework and like pottered about and tidied up and stuff, I'd be like, oh... I can either sit and read or in a lot of times like the music would be on and I would just sit and daydream for hours. Mm-hmm. Like I would sit for like at least two hours and just be in my head and that's how I pass the time. But and... would your daydreams be like real life stuff oh, or oh. would it be like me where you kind of create like a, a, a new version of life? Um, All different stuff. Like a lot of times it would be stuff that's not out of reach. Like I don't, I don't often dream about things that I want like goal orientated type stuff. It's always like it's usually social related, like social yeah. interactions, um, conversations with people, stuff like that. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. But it's not. It's not usually like, oh, my life could be this, but it's more like, yeah, yeah conversations with people and like interactions with people. It's really strange. Like, it's I weird, like, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of my life is like associated or sort of like based on like my interactions with people. I love for that stuff. Yeah. So. I just sit and think about that. But you, is it like <laughs> so replaying like kind of conversations you've had with people or? Yeah, like either replaying yeah. stuff or inventing new conversations and inventing new scenarios and like fun mm-hmm. things that could potentially happen or sometimes I'll sit and think about things that could happen. I'll sit and laugh my head off and then I'll have to message my friend and be like, I just had this day. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I love that. She's like, are you okay? <laughs> this is so interesting, you know. Like this, I, I think find this, this like fascinating. A, this, I feel like this is like a psychology session. Maybe that's what we should call this podcast, psychology <laughs> sessions or something. Uh, but that's what I feel like this is, because it's, it's making me think about things that I've never thought about. And as we're and talking, it. I've just realized something. Mm-hmm. So as we've been, you know, I've been telling you about my kind of um, daydreaming that I used to do quite a lot when I was younger, especially, which, mm-hmm. um, Tammy, you're saying is this thing that I've never mm-hmm. ever identified before. You know, I, probably always thinking about it now, it was always during times when I had high anxiety. And I think I mentioned to you guys before, my anxiety was always related to being in silence and then quiet and on my own. I hated that. I never, ever used to be able to deal with that. And that's when I used to fade off into my own wee world more. Um, And it would kind of suppress the thoughts of like fear and anxiety that I had. Um, And then times when I was more socially active, it would go away because I I was occupied. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and it's what it's it, it's it's a coping me- mechanism for some people. So for some people that may have PTSD, they might play out the situation differently in their head as a way of sort of trying to get round it or get their thoughts together on it, and then try and overcome it. And for other people that might have anxiety or panic disorders, they can go into an alternate reality in their head that might just help calm them down because they're not thinking about whatever's got them freaked out in the real world. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've so just that makes perfect sense. Else. 
And and actually, Erin, just before we come to you, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. just from what I know of you, like your your daydreams sound social, and that's something that you say you sometimes struggle with, like is meeting people. So do you yes. think that like might tie into to why yours are the type of daydreams that you have? I was just gonna say like potentially, but also like I also just realised as well like sometimes I'll go into these daydreams. <laughs> this is quite embarrassing. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> and it's like sometimes I have this weird hero complex. <laughs> That's not embarrassing. I'll go into these daydreams where um I don't know, I'll be in a situation where maybe the I'm in a pub or something and the pub's been held hostage. <laughs> oh nice. And I'll like get up and like I don't know, either talk the guy down, because it's always a guy, and um or like I don't know, do, tackle him or something and uh-huh. like restrain him and be like, Someone phone the police <laughs> Do you become you almost like become the hero in the story? Yeah, I always have things like that because in real life I know for a fact I would not be that guy. <laughs> um and and also I realised as well, like when you were talking about coping mechanisms and things, um a lot of times when I am feeling depressed and wallowing I'll sit and replay out worst case scenarios of everything in my life and sometimes mm. I'll just fall asleep to these thoughts and I'll just like yeah. fall asleep to just replaying, or not replaying, but playing out these scenarios in my head that probably won't happen but could and I don't know why sometimes it's like a weird sort of thing where sometimes it does soothe me and I will fall yeah. asleep. It's really bizarre. The brain is a the, weird place. It's so weird, doesn't it, the head like that when you when you fall asleep um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I totally relate to what you're saying there. You know, you create these situations that kind of feel better and, and you know, obviously it definitely helps you get off to sleep and stuff. But for me, like, it was a silence and it was a worry of, like, kind of fear of failure. And I think, so the, the kind of dreams that I used to have more um, recently, I guess, when I was kind of in my 20s was, like, I dreamed that I was, like, some kind of international travel playboy who had a yacht and would, you know, go off around the world and go to all these amazing places mm-hmm. and, like, had enough money to buy whatever I wanted and all that kind of stuff. And it like I said, like it was always during the times when, dream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, but I, I used know. to dream I was this person, like I owned this yacht and I used to go sailing around the world and all the rest of it. And it was yeah, always definitely during the times when I was anxious, because when I was anxious, I used to only think about being anxious. And then when I had these kind of daydreams, it used to take me out of that. Mm-hmm. I used to relax me and it let me go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So it never used to consume me. And I used to, it never really used to distract me during the day when I had things to do or when I was in conversations with people or when I was working. But certainly in times of anxiety, it used to take that feeling away if that makes sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is so interesting because like a lot of times when i daydream i don't i stray away from like um sort of professional situations or things where i do succeed in life or certain things like that because i just don't even want to think about that sort of thing because i'm like i don't know that's a sort of weird anxiety thing yeah it's more it's always social always social i don't think about jobs and i don't think about stuff like that because i just i'm just like i don't want to think about it uh-huh. Really weird. Mm-hmm. Tammy, what about you? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, you're talking to the biggest geek in the in the podcast here, so what do you think mines are about? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like I'm I'm one of these maladaptive daydreamers that see when I've watched a movie like The Avengers, uh-huh. suddenly I'm like another Avenger. You know? Or That's awesome. like if I have been, like, say, for example, recently I've been playing um, a lot of Zelda, Ocarina of, eh, not Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild, and, mm-hmm. like, there are different, what do you say, would you call the different races, I guess? So if you, you know, like, when you play Dungeons and Dragons, you've got your elves, you've got your dwarves, you've got, like, your different species, your different races of people. Mm-hmm. It's like, I am either one of those, like, types of races, but I, I, I sort of, I am myself, but I'm not. I'm like a completely alternate version of myself that's in this reality of whatever I've been watching or gaming or playing or whatever recently. Um, I relate to that so much. So you wouldn't really be recognisable to yourself as you are? You'd be a totally different character? Yeah, usually a totally different character, but same personality. Personality is always me, but looks would be different. So for example, elf, you would would have all your elf features. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes I create my own races in my head and like... You're like the last of your kind type thing, you know. What I mean, like, there's so yeah. many. There's the possibilities are honestly endless. But I realised that mine started to become slightly disruptive in lockdown. Mm. Um, so wow. I've always, I've always done this throughout my whole life. I've always been that person at the back of the class that the teacher goes, "Tammy, stop daydreaming," you know. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I always used to keep it at night so it would never impact my job my work my studies anything like that it would always be like night time was my time I would go to bed kind of early-ish and I still do to this day like my bedtime's about half ten at night um, I'm not a night person I'm more of a morning person and that's because I go to bed early so I can get like an hour of maladaptive daydreaming in as I'm falling asleep mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it also helps me write scenes in my fan fiction as well like I'll play out scenes of the characters and how they interact and then before I fall asleep I wake up and take a note on my phone if there's like a really funny interaction I want to happen or I've, awesome. I've overcome how I want a particular scene to go um, but that, that, but that sounds like you know when I was saying this is like something this sounds like it's something from very creative people. Like, yes. I, I would imagine this is something what you're describing, Tammy, that a lot of like real famous authors do. I, I'd yeah. be very surprised if they didn't. I'd be very surprised if they didn't. Um, like, to me, that is the part of the creative process for things. But do you ever find that you do something similar with YouTube? Like, sometimes I'll visualise how I want a video to go before I've even started writing a script or shooting it. Um some very rarely to be fair like see when it comes to youtube and like see when it's actual real life very rarely because as i said mine are more social based Mm -hmm, mine aren't mm -hmm. really based around um youtube and things it's a very weird very weird Mm -hmm. um but like (laughs) i just thought of something else like sometimes my brain does this thing where um like say for example see if i'm listening to music at night a lot of my daydreams will be like (laughs) in a pub or something i'm listening to music and i'm like talking to people and like socializing or whatever um but sometimes my brain, I don't know if it's an OCD thing, but my brain will just like maybe put a table in between and it no matter like how much I try and visualise or try and get rid of the table in my head, it just comes back. So I have to then visualise people carrying the table out of the room to get mm-hmm. rid of it. It's very straight. Like if there's something in the way, like blocking me from talking to this person. So I think it's like, it's almost like another part of my brain that's just like, ha, have that. And then <laughs> I'm trying I'm to talk to someone. Yeah, or I don't know. It's just like something will be blocking this person, yeah. and I'm like trying mm. to talk to them, and then I can't get out of the way, so I have to visualize someone actually removing it. It's really bizarre. It's part of so the scenario. Like, That's interesting. It's like two parts of the brain that are like kind of going against each other. It's really weird. It's hard to explain. So, I don't think I've explained that very well. So weird that we've come onto this topic because it's like something I'd never thought about before, other than the <laughs> fact that no, when I was doing it, but I'd never thought it was a thing that even other people did or it was you know diagnosable mm-hmm. um but it's something i've definitely done throughout my life but yeah, I, i've noticed it a lot like with people going erin yeah erin <laughs> and i'm not for there me, it's definitely about this <laughs> idea of con- contentment and i don't know like contentment is something that i'm really kind of scared of in some senses i never want to be content i always want to be pushing myself and to being a better person but yeah. i've definitely been in a comfy place in the last few years and you know, I've always had things to do. I've always had, uh, you know, a very full schedule, lots of work, and you know, I've been quite lucky that way during the pandemic. And you know, I'm, I'm together with my wife, so I'm I'm never alone. Yeah, you're a busy guy. Know. Yeah. But I think it's contentment thing, and maybe that's it's probably meant that I've not done this for quite a long time because I've had this contentment feeling. Um, don't get me wrong. There's definitely times when it's it's not not been easy as well during the pandemic for everyone, but. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't like the thought of contentment because I don't want to think. Is this it? Like, am I am I settled now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. No, that's always that's a good thing though. Um, see, I'm more like I thought. I think I'd be more complacent, like with being content. I'd be like, oh, I'm content. I'm good. I think I'll just stay here. I get very comfortable. Yeah. Um, but what was I going to say then about? I can't remember. Just skip over me, and I'll I'll come back to what was about. I cannot remember. I just instantly forgot. <laughs> I love the thought that you know. Tammy, you're saying that this is stuff that you you think of and it actually becomes useful but to something you write, you know? Beca- it becomes a it becomes something that's not just a thought in your head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's really I find interesting. It's hard to, to separate that. Like, it can I, be I difficult. wish I had that. Like, I find it hard to sort of make up my own stuff because I try and relate it to everything that's happening in my life and I find it hard to separate real life and I, I, maybe. I, I, Maybe why that's easier for me is because I play... I I mean, I don't think either of you two really play video games, do you? Mm -mm. Not really, no. And it could maybe be the gamer in me that that 
finds it easier to, to do that. But I sometimes struggle as well in the sense that like I could be visualising a scene between two characters that I've just been struggling to write. And so I put it away, I stop writing and then as I'm going to bed, I'm thinking about it in my head and I'm trying to put the characters together in that situation again to see if they interact differently under different circumstances. And ah. and then all of a sudden part of me is like, oh, but what if this other person could be? And I'm like, yeah, but that person is not in the scene. They're not even at this part of the book. Go yeah. with that person. And then it's suddenly it's like, all I can think about it becomes a distraction. So sometimes it can work and sometimes it can't. And then there's other times where I'm like, yeah, it's really cool that the main hero's doing this, but it'd be even cooler if I could do that thing and uh-huh. then destroy so, that person or be that's the awesome. hero. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. I mean that, to me, that sounds like the beginning of somebody is about to create like the next Harry Potter type of thing. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it so really is. And you know, sorry, Sean. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> just, like, so far, I feel like I'm going down a rabbit hole here. Like, <laughs> I love it. Me, me, forgive me if I'm being bold and saying this right but me and erin ours sound like stuff that is like very close to our real life uh-huh, and tammy what you're talking about is like something that is just so sci-fi and amazing that you could create <laughs> something you could create something genius out of it yeah tammy i was going to ask you that because i was thinking like so can you you're able to then separate your ideas from your games and from people you know in real life because see when i'm writing right and I, I love writing but I always have to base it on people I know because it's mm. all I know. And I find it so hard to make up my own things. I find it very hard to do that. I just have this blank space where I'm like, nope. <laughs> so yeah. I have to then relate it to people I know and I've, like stuff like that, films or TV. Or, and it's like, well, I don't like copy these things. Technically, that's what I'm doing. So fan fiction is basing after characters, aren't you? Yeah. So you're, never, you're not really writing your own content True, as yeah. such. Yeah, that's true. That probably helps a lot. <laughs> it definitely so helps you, a lot. Yeah. So what do you can, do you write what, anything other than fan fiction? Like, do you make up your own stuff, or is it is it usually just fan fiction? So fan I did. Fiction? I, I did start writing a. I started writing a, a book. Oh God, this is going back. Ooh. This is really going back. I did start writing a book called The Dragon Scale, and it was effectively. It starts off with this girl, and she very much what we're talking about right now actually she goes to school and she's just got like the most normal life it's so normal it's boring you know she goes to school and the guy she likes doesn't really know she exists and her grades are average and just like Mm -hmm. and then after school she's got to go and look at help look after her disabled grandfather who's in a wheelchair and can't can't walk Mm -hmm. and uh, she takes the dog out and everything but then there's one day that she wakes up and she goes into school and the, the guy that she likes is suddenly acting like they've been dating for years. Mm. And then she goes to her granddad's house, like she's getting straight A's and then she goes to her granddad's house after school and he's up walking and talking and he's not in a wheelchair. And it's uh, that's, how the, that's how it starts. And then it all starts ah. to unfurl around this unusual object that she found um, in her granddad's study. So Wow. That sounds um, really good. <laughs> I think we're going to like look back on this right. like, in years to come. Like I knew Tammy before she even thought about writing this. I I yeah. started it ages ago. I had it all written out. Um, it had a lot of Scottish folklore actually into it. There was, that awesome. was how I learned. That was how I learned about kelpies and uh, kushis uh, and everything. All of these sort of uh, lore. But um, whether or not I would ever go back and, and retouch it, I don't Do know. It. I did get a first draft oh my God, done. Please. But... Do it. I'll read it. I'm oh my oh, god! You're gonna be the next. I don't know. Like, what's that guy that wrote um, Game of Thrones? No, definitely. Uh, I was gonna say no. no Martin, no. no. Tolkien, no. <laughs> Keep going, Erin. Keep going. <laughs> Who's George R. R. Martin? Who's that? Yeah, it's a Milton. That's him. Oh, is that him? <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're listening like to the beginnings of that. Getting doors. close to Tolkien there, and I was like, "Keep going. You're nearly there. You're in the right realm." <laughs> nearly for someone that likes books i know nothing about mm. authors um, but see all my um stories when i was a child were all based around people in the classroom mm-hmm. because i wanted to entertain the people in the classroom so i used to just use them and i would like make stories up about them and uh, i never ever really invented my new any new characters apart from one time when i tried to i used to tell my dad all my ideas and i'd be like dad i've got this idea where a girl goes under our bed and there's a portal and she pops out and she's in a caveman world and he's like it's been done i was like oh <laughs> i think everything's been done at this point everything has yeah been i know done i was like point. oh never mind then 
No, but that's awesome. I mean, again, it's like it seems like a very creative thing. Like, I would, mm-hmm. I, I would love to know if there's like been any kind of studies on the type of people that do this, and like, yeah. are they like creative types? Like, that it seems to me in my head that these like people who do this are very creative, and like, obviously, we've all done YouTube and stuff, and that's a quite a creative thing in its own right. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I would imagine sure. there's definitely must be a crossover between people who do this and then people who are creative or write books or tell stories or make videos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know something I've just thought about? Um, this I don't know if Tammy you're potentially going to bring this up um, but for some reason right I can't think on the spot or not on the spot but just generally I can't invent new characters new worlds new stories and things like that but see when I'm dreaming see mm-hmm. when I fall asleep mm-hmm. at night I'll wake up and I'll write down all the sort of like creepy scary dreams I, I love my nightmares oh my god I would watch that and I, wow. oh I have written down a bunch of nightmares that I've had because I've been like, how did my brain make that up when I wasn't even there? Like, why can't my awake brain make this stuff up? So it's there, it's in my head. Yeah. But for some reason, when I'm awake, I can't think of that stuff. Why when don't I'm you write them as a... As a with these amazing ideas. Why don't you write them as a book of shorts, like short horror? I've started. Stories. I've started doing yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So that's both of you. You're both going to be famous <laughs> authors. But it's only from my dreams, not from, like, something that I've come up with. So it's really weird. I'm like, how can my dream brain come up with that? But that's what I'm thinking. Maybe all these famous <laughs> authors, that's how they started. Who knows? Like, I've had all these... I don't want to say them, like, on this, but there's been a few that have been really... Like, I wrote one. I think I might have put it on Patreon. I can't remember. Um, And it was, like... There was one about a wee boy without a face and mm. that was in the garden, blah, blah. Mm. And there's another one where um, I looked up in the sky and there was like all these like this weird thing floating in the sky. And I was like, what the hell's that? And it turned out it was just a circle of people like looking like shadows with their like heads down. And they were all just floating Ooh. in the sky. And everyone was like, what the hell is this? And it was so creepy looking. Um, and then they all creepy. dropped. They all just dropped to the ground. And there's been other ones I can't mention because they're too brutal. But um so the skin is getting like, on a bit of a subject that I thought we were going to be talking about today. Yes, it um, is exactly. coming. Yeah. It is coming. Yeah, yeah we're going yeah. to be easing Didn't into it. Jump the gun. He's <laughs> already creating a beautiful segue. But before before we get into the day, uh, the actual dreaming aspect, um, yeah, there is a song that was done by one of my. This is this is going back to like the emo days back when we were emo <laughs> kids, mm-hmm. and there was a song that yourself. was done by. <laughs> I used to be an emo kid, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, there was a song done by Evanescence called Imaginary. Mm-hmm. And okay. anybody that has heard this song, if you go back and listen to it again and listen to the lyrics, the lyrics are about maladaptive daydreaming. But obviously mm-hmm. it's just never really, it's not really a topic that's heavily spoken about. But I've got a little snippet of some of the lyrics here for you. And mm-hmm. because we were talking about maladaptive daydreaming being that sense of wanting to separate yourself from reality, the, the lyrics in the song go... Don't say I'm out of touch with this rampant chaos, your reality. I know well what lies beyond my sleeping refuge, the nightmare I built my own world to escape. And those are the oh. lyrics, those are some of the lyrics. Well. And then it basically is her singing about her creating this own world. And actually it's on the same album where she had written the song that she had lost a family member. I think, I believe mm. it was her sister that she lost. And so oh, wow. it is all about escaping reality, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So. There's but again, we're talking about someone who's an artist. Yes. Um, so we're talking creative people here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only Evanescence song I know is Bring Me to Life. <laughs> Bring Me to Life is a great song. Uh, but oh, arguably okay. as well, <laughs> that's what Neverland could be from Peter Pan too. Yeah. Yes. You know, this. Th- those kids were actually daydreaming the whole thing. There, There's loads of ways that you could look at this. There's definitely been multiple interpretations of it throughout lots of different kinds of media. But, but... Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's bringing us into our topic of uh, lucid dreaming. Have you ever heard of lucid dreaming? I've heard of it. I don't know what it is, but I think I have them. Okay. Uh, you, you think you... you Really? So jealous. Just thinking about it. You think you have I've them, but you always... don't know what they are? So I'll tell you what I've got, and then you can tell me if this is what <laughs> okay. it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. So I've had these dreams um, in the past, and to my mind, they're not dreams because they're real, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, I was talking about this with a friend and mother half the day um, when we were out about because it relates to kind of horror stuff. So I've had a lot of dreams where I wake up because I'm convinced I'm seeing something. Nope. And it is there. 
I awake, my eyes open, I get out of a bed and try and check out this thing, whatever it is. And I even talk to my wife and wake her up and say I'm seeing this thing. It exists. But then, after a few minutes, it disappears. Sometimes are terrifying things. I've seen a ghost. I, I Sometimes. Like dreaming, mate. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know if this is is this lucid dreaming or what. It's not. Oh, no. no, but it's, it's not, Sean. It's really cool what you're talking about, and we definitely need to do no. an episode on that. What is that then, Sean? Is I that just hallucinating? Both, mate. Because I thought you were going to talk about sleep paralysis, but the fact yes. you actually move and get up, that doesn't mean it's sleep paralysis, which means you're potentially seeing a ghost, mate. <laughs> so, this is how bad it is. I have seen an old woman, the same old woman, open my door in <gasps> my bedroom and look at me. Sean, Sean I have seen a baby coming through the door. I have seen skeletons. I've not had it for a while, to be fair. There was one particular house that I lived in that had it quite often. There was one time I woke my wife up and I had my hands on the wall and I woke her up saying, look, there's a waterfall coming down off the wall, down at the back of our bed, behind us. I was convinced (laughs) there was a waterfall and we were like getting soaked in it. And then she woke up, turned the lights off and the whole thing just disappeared. But like, I'm I'm awake, I'm conscious. That's so cool. Could you, Erin, I would have thought that that would have been like a sleep paralysis thing too, but he's moving. That's really interesting. He's moving. Yeah. I've never heard of that in my life, Sean. I think yeah. you're actually seeing ghosts. I mean, it, it, it does terrify so me a it's, wee bit. It is. It's, so what's happening there is very similar to what I get with my exploding head syndrome. Okay. Where, but for me, it sounds. For you, it's you're seeing things, but for me, it's sound. And mine's is always accompanied by sleep paralysis, which is annoying as fuck. Oh, but no. effectively, what it is, is your brain is half awake. You're not in a deep, you're not in a deep sleep yet, but you're also not fully awake. But uh-huh. your eyes can be open, and so your brain is registering the room around you, but you're still half in a dream. And so some of the things that you're seeing aren't real, and some of the things you're seeing are real, and your brain can't really differentiate the difference between the two of them. I'm not okay. sure mm-hmm. 100% what the name of that is, because I would have put it down to a form of sleep paralysis, but because you're yeah. moving, it can't be. So, But for me, I have um, exploding head syndrome. And this actually, believe it or not, you know how you know how people are always like, don't don't smack your kids because it'll give them like anxiety and shit when they're older. Uh-huh. For me, for me, it developed into exploding head syndrome because mine's is always oh my, my mum shouting at me because mm-hmm. I've done something. But it, it's not just that I can be frozen in bed half awake and like the door isn't moving for me. There's nothing coming through it. But on the other side of it, it's either my mum shouting through the door at me and she's gonna come into the room, or it's like a monster banging on the door. And it's uh-huh. like enough to somewhat Tell jolt me, me awake, but not enough to properly wake me up. And it is the most infuriating thing on the planet. That sounds terrifying. It is. I think I've had that. I hear my mum shouting on me sometimes. Yes, that's um, called exploding head syndrome. And well. then recently I heard a little giggle in the corner of my room. And I know for a fact, like I wasn't freaked out because I knew I was half asleep. That is ghost awake. stuff. Um, but that, like usually I'd be terrified, but I knew that I'd just woke up. So I knew it was... Um, sleep related but yeah i was like oh i've never had that <laughs> have we all just described something that none of which is lucid dreaming <laughs> yes <laughs> so lucid dreaming lucid dreaming is the ability to control your dream to realize that you're dreaming at night and manipulate the dream to whatever you want there are several ways that people can do it number one you can listen to by bi- binaural beats which when you're falling asleep so it's a type of beat that goes on that uh-huh. kind of helps your concentration And so as you're falling asleep, it can kind of take you into, but also not fully into the dream, allowing you to take control of it. Another thing is you could go throughout the day asking yourself, am I asleep? Am I asleep? So that when you're sleeping, you might ask yourself that as you're dreaming and realise actually you're dreaming. Uh, There's another way that you could do it. You can look at a particular colour. Red is always a good one to start with. Every time you see the colour red, ask yourself, am I dreaming? And then when you see it in a dream, you'll ask yourself, am I dreaming? And you'll take control of the dream. So wow. have people you talk have, about pinching themselves as well. Say that again, Erin. People talk about pinching themselves sometimes oh. as well, but then you can do that in your dream. Mm-hmm. So it's all very bizarre. I've always wanted to be able to elicit dream, but just couldn't be arsed. I was going to ask. This is something I've not had. <laughs> if, if either, I'm guessing neither of you have done this then. No. I have done it, um, not intentionally. Like, mm-hmm. I remember there's been a few times where I've been in a dream and I've been like, oh, I know I'm dreaming. And there's been times where I've actually said to people in a dream, oh, I'm dreaming, so <laughs> carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've never done anything, like, dead exciting. I've just 
again, it's all been social. I've went up and talked to people or I've like had different interactions with people. It's never that exciting. So it's probably not like maybe proper, proper lucid dreaming, but I have been sort of lucid, mm-hmm. I guess. What about mm-hmm. you? I have done it once and it was back when I learned what lucid dreaming was and I did it with the binaural beats. Um, so for anybody who wants to try this, that's uh, binaural spelt B-I-N-A-U-R-A-L. So look that up on YouTube. You're looking for binaural beats, and as you're following, we should still try this. We should. You should definitely try it. Yeah, it it took me a few nights of listening to them before it actually happened, Um, but then I was able to fully take control of a dream. And I'd been having nightmares. I'd been having nightmares about like zombies coming and attacking, like a zombie apocalypse thing. Wow. And so Mm -hmm. it happened to be that during that dream, that was when I took control. And I remember I was like in my grand's basement and like. The, I say basement, but it's like the bottom stair landing before you go up the stairs. And mm-hmm. uh, we were hiding in there. We had like everything up against the door to stop them getting in and getting to us. And like the house was wrecked and it was just very apocalyptic. And I remember looking to whoever was beside in the dream and going, I'm dreaming though, so we're all good. And I just stood up, like pulled the wood off the door, walked outside in amongst all the zombies, turned into a dragon and fucked them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like because I can, right. because I could. There was nothing stopping me. I could fly away as well. It was great. It was so cool. I think okay, there's been Eddie. a few times like when I've been dreaming, but I have changed the course of the dream. But like at that moment, I've not known that I was dreaming. But then later on, like when I'm coming out of it, I know ah, oh, that was a dream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't it think could that's be the Well, it's very similar, yeah, because you were still able to control it, and that's what this dreaming is—is is taking control of a dream. So it's. It could be that maybe part of you kind of took control because it, you you understood what was kind of happening. Yeah. Maybe you weren't you weren't fully aware of oh I am dreaming, but part of you was kind of like huh I can manipulate yeah. this, you know. So, like for example, there's been a few times when I've been like getting attacked for it or shot or something, <laughs> and thought shit I'm gonna die now. Oh, no. And then at the last minute I'm like oh that was just I'm I'm dreaming it's fine, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. wake up. But it's like always like at the last minute before waking up. Like, how amazing must it be to just fall asleep and then start dreaming, knowing that you can do whatever the hell you want? And not like a daydream, like you're actually loving it because it's a dream. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen like, a movie about this. <laughs> Probably there's movies Inception. and books about everything, isn't there? I'm sure there was like a big Hollywood movie, Inception. like a Hollywood movie about somebody who could do this. Inception? Mm. Is it maybe Inception? I think it's Inception. Well, it, was, it had Elliot Page and Leonardo DiCaprio... And it was massive. And it's yeah, where they used to take to control, control of the dreams, didn't they, in the dream world? Was the Matrix similar? I can't remember. I'm going to look this up right now. Yeah, it was like I, a Matrix-style thing, but it wasn't as cleverly executed, I don't think. Must like the Matrix, the Matrix made sense to me because they explained it all. I don't but that. Inception, Inception, they didn't like explain how they got into the dreams, and that always irked me. I it was just a case it. of this is how it. we can do it, and I was like, "But how? How? How are you all in the same person's dream? How? You know?" Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I might rewatch it. Is Sean, are you looking it up? Um, but I can't, I can't find the one that I think I saw. Phenomenal soundtrack. Phenomenal soundtrack. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're talking about binaural beats. Mm-hmm. I actually have a binaural um, microphone. Whoa. Um, so basically, what I just started doing it for. I started watching a lot of. Um, YouTube videos where people like walk, just walk on the street, like in places like New York, they would just walk for an hour and they would record the sounds in the site mm-hmm. without saying anything. But the, the sound of the place gets recorded. Um, and basically they have one, you, you put like an earphone in each side of your, of your ears, right? Mm-hmm. And on each earphone also there's a microphone sticking out of it and it records so that when you listen to it, you hear it, like what their ears are hearing, if that makes sense. Oh, no. So whatever they're hearing on the right side, traffic, you'll hear on your right side when you're listening to it. And whatever they're yes. hearing on their left side, like, I don't know, people talking, you'll hear it on your left side. So it makes you feel when you're watching the video that you're actually in it. Oh, That's wow. weird, That's cool. yeah. So I think binaural is like, it, it basically it separates the left and right sound so it feels realistic. And I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe that's how they, they kind of prompt the dream stuff. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll so admit when I was listening to it, I was listening out, 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 out my phone, so maybe there's something to do with Beats where it's, if you've got headphones on, it would come in to different ears yeah. at different times, potentially. Yeah. Must be, yep. sure. I think that's but how it works. The fact it worked for you. Mm-hmm. So it must Definitely have worked. 
Definitely. We should all learn how to do it and then we'll meet up in a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Inception style. Love it. Yeah, we'll Um, record a podcast in the dream. (laughs) Well, let me ask then, what are, what's your, if you've, if you ever had a favourite dream? That's a big question. All, Uh all my nightmares. (laughs) I've never met anyone who loves their nightmares. Me neither. Like, they're obviously horrific at the time, but afterwards I'm just like, wow. Yep. Yeah, but do you never like wake is. up like crying or like scared because you've had it? Oh, I wake up! I wake up crying quite often. <laughs> but then you, you think that was amazing. To sound like a masochist, Erin. Like, not when I've been uh, not when I've been crying. Like usually when I wake up crying, it's because there's been like a death or something in my dream. But mm-hmm. when it's actually like scary stuff, I love horror. So I usually wake up and I'm like, yes, oh my god, I love that. Um, especially if I'm freaked out, I'll just write it down. I'll turn the light on and write it down. Um, but I've had a lot of really like I just love dreams so much. <laughs> sorry, I'm so, so sorry. I just had a funny thought. <laughs> what? I'm like normal people out here getting like wet dreams over normal things, and Erin's out there getting fucking her rocks off to horror dreams. Sorry. <laughs> like, Ooh, Freddy, where are you? <laughs> I'm listening, and I'm thinking this is this sounds a bit weird. Like this person actually loves like torture dreams. Sorry, right? Ooh, like, sorry, I'm listening. Wanting to be a nightmare in Elm Street, I'm like that person that's like, oh please, Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you said I've that really got a enthusiastically. Glove on my door, on my bedroom door, I have oh. a Freddy Krueger glove. Of course you do. <laughs> You yeah. for real? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's God. just chilling oh, my on my God. door. Yeah. People used See, to I couldn't deal with this. Like, I'm, I'm quite a soft soul. I, I get really feared, scared by things <laughs> Me like this. Me too, Sean. I'm damn terrified of things easily as well. I had a really bad one once. I don't think I could, I'll tell you about it after. I don't think I can say it on this. I've not really told many people because it's so messed up. Okay, but well, we should maybe really do after. save it for a Halloween episode. It's like one of these things that's, I wrote it down, but I was like, if this was a film, it would be banned in like 40 countries. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. What kind of snuff dream is this? I'll tell you that. We'll tell you after. <laughs> okay. I don't think I can say it. It's kind of horrible. The poor audience. Oh we, we'll, we'll come back with you. To, to, we'll come back to that audience. Don't C- worry, can you we'll say whether you were the hero or the villain in the story? Um, Neither. It was sort of like, um, I, yeah, it, it was like a haunted house type situation, but okay. different. <laughs> See, zombie stuff, I think that really freaks me. I never want to dream about zombies because mm. I, I, I get terrified zombies. watching zombie stuff. Me too. Really? I, the thought, I, I'm just like, nah. The yeah. thought of I being love it. eaten alive is, is the most terrifying thing in the planet to me. Like, what could be a slower know. death than being eaten alive? I'd just take it, man. I'd just be like, <laughs> I don't think I have the willpower for a zombie apocalypse. I'd just be like, do you know what? Have me. I don't care. Just have me. This. I'd have be the one leading it, so it's all good. Hey, damn, <laughs> you've had experience. You were training for this. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah I was you like, are one. Fucking, let's go. I'm one of the first to turn. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. The, um, the thing that freaks me out the most is exorcism stuff. When people are so unlike themselves and contort and talk in different languages and different voices or multiple voices, that freaks me out. I can't deal with that. Thankfully, I've not yeah. had a dream about that. Touch wood. See, that, that scares me as well. Like, I cannot watch, and I'll never, ever, will watch The Exorcist because I know it will terrify oh. me. Oh, I love The Exorcist. I can't, I, I can't. I get offended when people laugh at it. I'm like, how dare you laugh at this? It's a masterpiece. <laughs> That's a it. film that I'll never watch. Do you know what? I, I prefer horror, like, I prefer the horror that I make up in my head. Like, see that movie, It? Like, the one with the clown oh, yeah. and the kids, the most recent remake, right? Fucking brilliant movie, loved it. And then I realised that they were like, oh, but he's an alien. And I was like, that's just ruined the movie for me. Because mm-hmm. in, in, yeah. in my head, he was a paedophile. And that was so much scarier. Like, it was like the whole eating thing was metaphorical. It wasn't literal. It wasn't him actually eating the kids. It was like metaphorical for what else he was doing before he butchered them. So, Have like, you read the book? You should read the no. book. It's good to do. I've not read the it's book. big boy. <laughs> I've not I've never seen this and it sounds it sounds awful like it is see, awful I, but like people were like oh he's an alien and I'm like see that's just ruined it for me now that it's ruined just... it for me with Freddy Krueger because when I watched the original Freddy Krueger it wasn't um out there that he was a pedophile so I never really took it that way I was just like oh he's after Wayne's <laughs> like now that I see that like, <laughs> yeah that's I'm like, okay. <laughs> but in the remake he was a pedophile and that's why like the parents burned him but in the original film that wasn't clear it was just the parents burned him because he was a bad guy and now i'm like oh so naive <laughs> see i've never seen like i can't watch any of these films i just can't do it mm. so 
I'm a big fury. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what was phenomenal though. Just since we're on this topic, before we, before I pull us back to our original topic, is um, <laughs> yeah. is the haunting a hell house. Because I'm not big on horror, right? I will admit I don't really like horror. I will watch some horror, and I'll usually save it for like Halloween. Like October is my month to put on things that I wouldn't normally watch, and horror's one of them. But see the haunting a hell house. Everybody was talking about it, and it was like a cinematic masterpiece. And I was like, fine, I'll watch it. It is phenomenal. It is so Even my friend good. who hates horror said that as well. She, yes. She gets terrified with horror and she was like, I love the haunting of Hill House. And it's because it's, it's so it's good. There was great scary. characters. There was great yeah. story. It was, yeah, it, yeah, Sean, it's, it creates unease. And see when you watch all the behind Pretty the scenes creepy. stuff, you see how they did it. It's incredible. But there's not and really... one of the ghosts. Oh, I was going to oh. say, there's not really jump scares as such. There's only one. Oh no, oh my god, <laughs> I actually remember <laughs> episode 8, I'm so scared, I actually screamed, I don't scream at stuff, I do, I am not a screamer, oh, that's, I'm, I don't scream at stuff like that, but I, I threw my phone, I, oh my god, you threw your phone, so, didn't expect the reason, it whatsoever, the reason why this, this, this is like one of the most renowned jump scares that have ever happened in television oh. history is because, Sean, the whole series, like, these episodes are, like, an hour long and we've never had a jump scare in any episode. It's not that type of scariness. It's unease. Uh-huh. It creates unease and it makes you feel creepy. It's hard to describe, but it doesn't ever make you jump. And so we Apart were led, time. we were led into a full sense of security. Okay, nobody expected it. And then it was, I remember was just... I was dating a guy at the time. And it was me and this guy called Warren, and we were watching the episodes together. We were sitting here on my couch, and and the jump scare happened, and the two of us nearly ended up in my neighbour's upstairs living room. Like <laughs> that was we had to pause it because we even... were both like, oh my god. But it I would even say, a point. is this a no, series it... then or a movie? It's a series. It's a and it is yeah, it phenomenal, just, Sean. It's so. She was good. doing something very, very normal. Yep. And all of a sudden, you just get. Oh my god! It's oh, epic. it's so good. It's so good, Sean. You have to watch it. There's, I think, is it episode six, Erin, where they do it all in one continuous shot, the whole episode. I can't remember. The but the, the funeral one. The book's really good. The book's brilliant. It's written by a woman. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's so good, Sean. I highly recommend that there's that one episode where I think they did it all in either one or two takes, the whole yeah. episode, and it's just the camera's just turning and the, the, the actors are running in and out the scene, swapping with their children's self, swapping with their adult yeah. self. The ghost is running in and out the scene in the background, but you don't even notice the ghost half the time. It's so I remember. good. It's so good. Right, anyway, we never got to the topic of what is your favourite dream. So, like, do either of you have oh, yeah. a favourite dream? Well, Erin, you say it's all your scary ones. So, Sean, what about you? Mm-hmm. So, I don't, there are dreams. I remember my dreams when they happen, and then a day after. But I never, I've never wrote them down, and I forget them. So there's not like, any so one, can't, any can't one actually, that stands out to you, no? I don't think so. Like, no. Apart, like the ones that we were talking about earlier, where I can like imagine myself in this good life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I can remember them, but the dreams that I have at night when I'm sleeping I don't remember them after you know a few days and I, I generally can't pinpoint anything well I know that that's been happening to me a lot more as an adult but like I had one I remember as a kid that I've, it's always stuck with me and it is like it, it was kind of creepy but it was so beautiful and it's basically oh. this is going to freak anybody out that has that phobia of being in water right so apologies in advance mm. but I was in the ocean and you know when the ocean's got like that kind of murky water that you can't quite see through uh-huh. it was like that and I was just in the en- endless ocean like I couldn't see above me around me there was nothing I was just in ocean and I was floating mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden out of nowhere I could hear like whale song and oh, then just this <laughs> one black shadow this tiny speck that gets bigger and bigger and bigger and all of a sudden it's just this giant whale just circling around me in the water singing oh. this beautiful whale song and for some reason, it never, it didn't freak me out. I know that sounds like some people's nightmare, but that to me was like yep. the most calming dream. And I've loved the ocean ever since. That's amazing. No way. That's a beautiful dream. Uh, that, that freaks me out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like, there's, what is it called? The fear of like the deep ocean. Yeah, I, know, I can't remember. Hold on, yeah. let me I think that's on. like a natural fear that everyone should have. I, I like it. I like. Love ima- the ocean. Can you imagine, like these dreams when I've been on a yacht? Imagine that, like it breaks down and it sinks, <laughs> and you are there, 
On your Todd. Every night in my dreams. In the middle of nowhere. Thalassophobia. Thalassophobia is the fear of like incredibly deep, like deep dark water. Like I love the ocean at the same time. It's the same as space. Like I love the idea of space, but it freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Same. That that's just, it boggles my mind, and then I don't like thinking about it anymore. Do any of you remember your first ever dream? Like oh, I have no. a very early, early, early dream of being like. I went to this like local little shopping centre when I was a child and Jerry Halliwell fed me chips on a spoon. <laughs> wow. Chips That's a good dream. Spoons my earliest dream <laughs> ever. See this is the thing, I just I genuinely can't remember them after a while. Like I've That's had dreams mad. in all different types of situations, like in the ocean probably, other places, like everywhere in the world you can imagine, but they come out of my head. Maybe I should write them down. You definitely I wonder should. If this, I feel like it's a, like a lot of like male female type thing i don't know if that's a thing um but a lot of the men in my life always say they can't remember their dreams and mm. don't have like a big association with their dreams whereas the women in my life are the opposite and they're always like oh this really intense dream last night blah blah blah, blah. and they always remember their dreams from when they were younger that's See, that's the thing though i can remember like the day after like i could say to you oh i had this amazing dream last night and i could tell you about it but then like a few days later i'd be gone you'd be gone there's, so I'm just going to bring a couple images into our Discord server that is like a test for the the fear of deep ocean. So see if you can okay. see if these images freak you out. Oh 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 no! I hate them. No, nah, is that is that them. is that doing it for you? Uh, yeah. Oh. See that doesn't yeah. that doesn't freak me out at all. It's um I have um trypophobia, which is a fear of like holes and circles holes. and dots clustered together. That's that's yeah. mine. That is mine. See, one thing I can't look at. So, that doesn't bother... These pictures don't bother me too much, but see pictures on... You see them on Instagram quite a lot. Or somebody standing on, like, the edge of a balcony on a high, high building. Yeah, that... Yeah, 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 yeah. I I literally imagine myself in in that situation there and I get dizzy. And, like, I have literally watched a... I've seen a photo of somebody, like, sitting on the edge of a building and my feet have hurt. My feet start hurting. Interesting. It's like no, it's like I'm falling and landing on my feet. I don't know. It's weird. I think I don't know. I think it's just the idea of we don't know what's down there. Really, yeah. we've only discovered a certain amount of it, and yeah. it's so big. And aside from sharks and all the stuff that can kill you in the ocean, that freaks <laughs> me out. But there's also like I've watched videos, like alien-related videos, where it's like that pilot guy that I'm obsessed with that chased a UFO. Um, if you don't know, what I'm talking about look up David Faber. But he said that he, whatever he saw, it seemed like it was communicating with a dark shadow in the ocean. But then the ocean's so big, you're like, well, there could potentially be stuff down there that we don't know about. So that mm. freaks me out. I said, I don't know if it was the same guy, but I, I read a story about a guy quite recently that the US military released the files where they were chasing these objects that were going like bizarre different directions and stuff. But one of them started just under the water. Yeah, it was the declassified uh, government videos and stuff like that. They're from years and years ago. But yeah, he got interviewed by Joe Rogan and that sort of blew it all out again. Like it, it became this thing and um, it was amazing. And he's just well, like this normal wee guy that was like, I didn't realise it was such a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> of like, course it's a big deal. You chased a UFO. He's just like, we see these things all the time. And it's like, they're the Tic Tacs or whatever. And um, oh, I've went into a deep, deep hole talking of we could do a whole episode on this we definitely. should do a whole episode please Erin I would love to learn more about all of this sort of stuff okay on. add it to your list uh, create a list on your phone like this is what I've got I've got my notepad and every single yeah, time I say I'm going to do an episode on that I, I add it to my list mm-hmm. okay then I'll definitely so do that one before we, we start to, to wrap this episode up then, we usually do a little segment all about what we've been loving um, but mm. before before we get there have you enjoyed this topic? Oh my Definitely, God, because yes. it's made I me... this all day. Yeah. I mean, it's made me realise something that I have been doing for years is a thing mm-hmm. that other people have. And are you going to try he's going to try a lucid dream if you can, maybe, one day in the future? Maybe, but I, I don't know if I have the ability for that. I think we should. I think we should yeah, do d- it. G- give it a try. No, everyone can do it. If you uh-huh. learn, uh-huh, we can all learn. We should all learn and do it and report back. <laughs> yep. So remember, you've got your, your binaural beats that you can try. Or the the like asking the pinching yourself that Erin mentioned, or the asking yourself when you see a particular color, "Am I dreaming?" There's a few different ways you can try and do it, but it does take time. Yeah, if you like, Google it, gonna happen. Yeah, 
if you google it there are different ways that you can because I've, I've tried it before but not like religiously so it's not worked but try it we should all try it Ooh. definitely i probably won't do the beats thing because when i have headphones in or earphones in at night because i live home alone i get freaked out <laughs> mm, yeah true no that's true that's true um i could only do that when i lived with my mum and dad i'd listen to music before i go to sleep don't do that now because See, I, I like to hear what's around me generally yeah. Yes. See, I, I cannot not fall asleep with music on. I have to listen to music. But not like oh, headphones. I don't, have, I don't have my headphones on. I just have my music playing beside me on my phone. Oh, yeah, that's better, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. then you can hear what so you, you can, can hear, hear like the ambient well. sounds as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, it's really <laughs> low. Like, the music is just a little hum in the background. So, like, if anything happened around me, I'm still fully aware of noises. So, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, just like evanescence. background. Yeah, but it's it's also meant to help. Well, it's sleep music on YouTube. There's two in particular that I listen to almost every night religiously. But um, mm. it's like, it, it, it helps with the exploding head syndrome. I'm less likely to get it if my mind has alternate, like, noise yeah. to focus on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so what have we been loving this week then? Erin, we'll start with you. What have you been loving? Well, I just watched, I totally forgot about this segment, but now that you mention it, I just watched <laughs> this TV, <laughs> I was not prepared, I watched a TV show called Pieces of Her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got, I get mixed up with Tony Collette and Tilda Swinton. I don't know why, but it's, I think it's Tony Collette. <laughs> it's probably Tilda Swinton. And, uh, no, it's Tony Collette, and it's sort of like about. Um, her daughter and mm-hmm. her daughter's I don't want to spoil it but her daughter's sort of finding out her mum's not who she says she was and she's each episode's like going through trying to piece together bits of her mum's life but it's really exciting and like twisty and turny and, and I also watched School of Rock the other day which I haven't watched in years and oh I love it so much Would you hate me if I said oh. I've never seen it? No, not. I hate when people do that. Like, I hate when people, when you say you haven't watched a film and someone goes, you haven't seen that film. And you're like, eh, I hate that. I know I should see it because it's like such an innocent film, right? Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, you need to watch it. It's great. I used I to, watch I watched it. it when it came out and I used to fancy the wee guy that played guitar. Zach. <laughs> Zach, what do you Plus, um, Jack Back is just awesome. I love him. He's amazing. Oh, so, so good. He's, he's so good in that, Sean. You need to watch it. You should watch that next. <laughs> Put it on my list. Please. Along with oh. the, the House of Haunted Hill or something. Ha- the Haunting of Hill House. God. Haunting Maybe I'll watch it. that and then I'll watch um, um, School of Rock afterwards to calm myself down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> School of Rock's a wee easy watch that's quite funny. and Oh, please watch it. Oh, it's proud. <laughs> All right, Sean, what have you been loving? Um, I've not really thought about this, but I'm just thinking about it now. <laughs> um, so... And this might sound a bit morbid, but it's not meant to be. So, obviously, right now, we're seeing on the news all the time, there's been a lot of tragedy mm-hmm. with the war mm-hmm. in Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. Which is horrible. And there's so many horrible things come out of it. But actually, at the same time, there's been a lot of good things we've seen during as well. We've seen... And I think, like, tragedy always brings out the worst in humans and the best of humans as well. So, like... Agreed. There's, like, a lot of good stories that have come out of it where people have, like, gone out their way to help other people. Like, the yeah. refugees crossing the border or people who have, like welcomed strangers into their house mm-hmm. um, taking people's children yeah or like when you, there was a there was a wee girl that sang a song from i think it was, was it frozen, yeah, frozen. Yeah. Oh my God. and then like when i, I heard that she'd bunker. got out of the country i just i felt like that that made me feel good mm-hmm. oh you know these things like there's there's been a lot of good stories in among the terrible ones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, them, and obviously people sure. have done a lot to raise money and and but also the other one as well is the learning about the ukrainian people and how they've kind of um, been standing up for themselves and um, yeah. also learning a bit about their history in terms of um, the the revolutions that we've had in 2014 and blah blah blah. They, just seem, they seem like a very brave people. Enjoy your tweets about all of this, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not right about the whole situation, but it's like as no, an observer, I just like, like following. Um, I just find it interesting. Always, yeah, like, it's definitely interesting. Have a wee creep, see what you're saying about it. <laughs> but I think um, I think generally there's been a lot of really heartwarming stories out of it as well. Like people have done amazing things to help others. We're in need. I, um, I just hope we can extend that. that in future to other tragic situations that happen as well. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to fall into this like hole of depressing news and oh god, the world's getting worse and worse and things are yeah. awful. But you need these little stories like that. That's why I think like after the normal news, there should be a whole hour segment on only good news. <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> because it's just the news is always really sad and awful. Mm-hmm. Like, so we need like 
oh this nice story happened this thing happened I agree and like there's actually an example of that so I was watching the news the other night and there was one of the there was actually a Scottish reporter for BBC I can't remember his name now but anyway he was out in the the far east of Ukraine close to the border with Russia and the place has obviously been bombed to hell um, mm-hmm. and it was and it was the middle of the night and he was out in this place like on this road it was totally abandoned there was nobody and then all of a sudden there was this wee old woman on her own who was clearly lost and confused and disoriented <sighs> and he said that in the clip and then it just cut away to something else and I'm thinking like w- this woman was in oh severe God. danger she was on her own and she looked about 7 or 8 year old then what happened but then I went on his Twitter and I found out by the way for all those people asking we got her to safety oh thank god that should have been in the report yeah yeah, yeah it should have been um because oh that was god. ended up being a good news story we found this woman on her own and saved her anyway oh, i mean the, the obviously the war is not a good story overall but there's i think there's been good stories in among it mm-hmm. like you have to see the like it, it does help to see all the little good stories that come out of it all the positive things yeah not that it's a positive situation in the slightest <laughs> but yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has been. It's been really nice following along on your Twitter, actually, as well, Sean, for it all. Yeah. My nice. my thing this week has been, uh, well, I've not really had, I've had a lot of stuff going on this week. For those people that have mm-hmm. been following my socials will know. Um, so I'm actually going to revert back to something less of what I've been loving this week and more on to what I've been loving in general. And um, this, I'm giving a shout out to a Scottish artist called Iona Fife. And that is, oh, I know her. Uh, that is yeah, yeah. Fife spell F Y F E for anybody wanting to yeah. look it up. And one of her one of my absolute favourite songs, which is sung all in Scots, is Sleepy Tune. So mm-hmm. if you can hear oh, yeah. and listen to that song and be able to tell what that song is about, you can understand Scots. Uh, mm-hmm. so if anybody is out there, anybody wants to take the challenge, go and listen to that song. So it's Sleepy Tune by Iona Fife. Uh, it's on Spotify and it's on YouTube. Definitely awesome. give it a listen. It's it's such an upbeat, brilliant song. I've followed her for years. I've always liked her. She's Same. obviously a big advocate for Scots language. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. There's a bit of a movement of young people who have kind of taken back ownership of Lenny. Scots and Gaelic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lenny Saurus. Oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, Lenny, yeah. I love her so much. Oh, my God. She's, just, cool. she's my favourite there's, there's a lot of really good there's, there's so many good Scottish artists out there so many and you know what sadly as a YouTuber that brought this out TikTok yeah that's yeah. where a lot of these there's people started and got their you know started to be creative mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's like a younger generation that are coming out and sort of uh, they're just doing really well it's mm-hmm. good to see yeah for sure yes feel like an old fogey <laughs> I know back in my day we just <laughs> had YouTube back in my day <laughs> I know. Well then, uh, that is everything from us. Have either of you used to got any last things to add? Not really. I no. just can't. I can't wait to see what I'm going to dream about the night. <laughs> see if it's a horror dream. Don't tell me about it, please. I will never sleep again, knowing you're. I'm gonna Erin can't wait for the horror dream. One. She wants it. <laughs> just send all mine to Erin. <laughs> Well then, it's time for us to finally hod our wished, but before we do, make sure you get a chance for your voice to be heard, and you can rate us um, on Spotify or iTunes, and subscribe and like the video on YouTube. Feel free to send us your comments about the episode, which you can do by following us on Twitter at Hodgerwished, or the Instagram Hodgerwished Podcast, or on YouTube. And uh, that is everything with us, so we will see you in about two weeks for the next episode, and have a great time guys bye bye